Thank you, Kristen, for that song this morning, another great reminder um, today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and be grabbing them and turning to the, the little tiny letter of Jude that we are going to be finishing up um, with today. And I have to say what a great journey it's been to go through um, the, this letter. I have to say thank you to, to Josh and to Wayne for, for pouring out um, the last several weeks like they have. Um, we've seen a bunch. We've seen a lot of things. If you've been taking notes, if you've been paying attention, uh, which I hope you have, you've seen that we're to contend for the faith, um, not only outside of the church, but within the church. Most importantly, these four walls. We have to be people that are observant. Um, there may be people who seek to twist the gospel, and we don't want that happening. Our eyes must be peeled, or our, our um, ears must be open, and even a subtle twi- twist of the gospel um, can, send, can send things away. We've also seen that there's punishment for those who pervert the gospel. If you pervert it, if you mess with it, punishment is going to come your way. We know there's condemnation, there's punishment by eternal fire, which I know is strong language. And we've also seen the characteristics of false teachers. If you go back and you look through, these are people that are ungodly. They, they are not followers of Christ. Um, they rebel against Christ all the time. Um, they, they take away from God's word. They, they try to add um, to God's word. And they attack those all the time that they can who, who speak of God correctly. Um, and with reverence, that's what they're about. So we come to this, this great pressing question, uh, and for us today, it's a big question we always have to ask is, so what? So what? So what with, with all these things? So what does that mean uh, for you and me? What does all this have to do with our responsibility as a church um, and individually? What do we need to do um, with this? And I'm very thankful to Jude that, that he gives us the answer. He doesn't just leave us hanging with it. He's very clear. So let's look at what he says today in Jude chapter or Jude 17 through, through 23 um, this morning. Just a few verses. Jude 17 um, through 23. And of course we will read the rest of it as well. Here's what it says in Jude 17. It says, But you, you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostle our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, In the last time there will be scoffers, following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads us to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. Do others show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh. Wow. So here's what we see as we go through. We see our responsibility for the early church. We see our responsibility um, for us. And I'm a person of key words. I like key words that help me. And thankfully, he lays out key words uh, for us. And the first key word I want you to think of this morning is the word remember. We've already remembered a little bit this morning. Um, of course, this is dealing with another um, remembering. How many of you ever have an issue with remembering things? <laughs> yeah. That's me. Crystal will text me, I need you to pick up some stuff at the store. I'll go to the store and I have to like repeat the list over and over and over again. It's still somehow as I still forget what it is I need to get. When I get to the car, I'm like, great. And I have to go back in um, and go get it. But yes, we all at times we, we fail to remember things. Repetition, though, helps our memory. When we repeat things, it helps, especially if we write it down. And Judy, he wants his hearers to remember. He's like, hey, remember, remember this. Recall back those words that have been spoken um, to you in these present circumstances, not just by anybody, not just by some person off the street, but by the very apostles, those that have been chosen for Jesus for this task of bringing uh, the gospel to the world around, those very people that that were there with him, those very people that saw him raised from the dead, 
the resurrection. So these are some heavy hitters. They say, hey, remember. Remember what they said. Remember what these appointed men told to you. And we see that in verses 18 and 19 of Jude. Here's what it says. It says, In the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. Here's the cool thing about this, this section of verse. You notice in the quotations, it's not found in our Bible. It's not, found, it's not really found anywhere. Most likely it was heard through a sermon. He pulled it in, but it meant something to him. It means something to us. It is Scripture. It is the Word to us. But he's saying, hey, Remember, they are here. Those very people that he warned you about, um, they are here. These false teachers, these, these unbelievers, these, these worldly people. They like to mock God. They like to mock his word, and they're present with you. Um, they don't want God to, to tell them how to live. They want to do the very things that they want to do. And as it says in 2 Peter 3.3, 3, they satisfy their own sinful desires. They're all about themselves. Not only that, they, they push Scripture to the side. They, they take away from it. They, they add to it. They think they know better than God. So often we find that. Sometimes we can find that in our own lives, thinking that we know better than God and we don't. But these people, they honestly think they do. But not just that, they, they cause division. These, these people, they lead people out of the fellowship with the Lord the best that they can. And they think that they have a greater knowledge. And they think um, that they're, they're above God. But here's the deal. They don't even have the Holy Spirit. You look in the Scripture, they don't even have the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit, what does it do? It leads, it guides, it directs us, it fills every nook, it fills every crevice, it fills every cranny of your life, and it helps you as you go. But not with them. They don't have the Holy Spirit. All they're there to do is call division and, and to isolate. And we know that isolation equals destruction. So they're about one thing only. And get this, they're about magnifying themselves instead of glorifying Christ. That's the kind of people that they were dealing with then. In church, that's the kind of people that we deal with today. There's still people out there that will come in and do these very things and twist and mess with the gospel. So we must remember. We must remember. But what do we need to remember? What do we need to be about as we remember this? What should our response be with all of this? He goes on in verse 21. He says we need to keep. We need to keep. Verse 21 says keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. This word keep is key. It's a word that, that means, it means keep on keeping. For certain same translations you may have, it may say guard, the guard it. The point is clear, this is ongoing activity. It's continual. You, you keep on keeping, you keep on keeping, you keep on keeping, you keep on keeping. It's not like the Energizer Bunny, still going, okay, still going. That's what he's saying here, you keep on keeping. You know, when I think of this, I think of the, the, the guards at the tomb of the unknown soldier. I've never been there. I wish I, I could say I've been there and I've seen it with my own eyes. I never have. But here's what I know that that happens is that they are on guard 24-7. Despite anything going on around them, they are on guard. And it amazes me. They, they do it with precision. They, they do it with poise. They do it with vigilance the entire time guarding um, the unknown soldier. And if you approach or if you, if you make any noise, if you're disrespectful, they will come out of their guard and they will approach you and tell you to be quiet. Then they will get back in and continue doing what they're doing. And I would hate to be that person who, who interrupts that. But people do. But if you know anything about it, I won't go into all the details. Basically, it's a series of a lot of 21s. Because we know that the 21-gun salute symbolize the highest military honor. And that's what they do. They march 21 steps, one direction. They stop, they turn, um, they, they pause for 21 seconds facing the tomb. They turn back around, another 21 steps. I mean, continually on and on. And this goes on 
They never stop. They may have different times that they do it, but continually they're doing this. And what I, I love about the, these guards is that even a couple years ago, this picture shows that even in a blizzard they're out there. Nothing stops them. Nothing keeps them from keeping on, keeping on. These guards of the unknown soldier. And guys, in church, that, that's for us as well. He's asking us to keep on keeping. Don't stop. Keep on keeping. Keep on keeping. Just says the early church is to keep on keeping. We're to keep on keeping as well. So what were they to keep on keeping about? What were they be, to be about? Well, the, we see that we keep on keeping yourselves in the love of God. Keep on keeping yourselves in the love of God. What is that saying? Here's the thing. It's not saying that we keep our, ourselves in the love of God, that, that, that being salvation. There's nothing that you and I could do of ourselves to make ourselves right with God. We know that. We go to Ephesians chapter 2, we see it clearly. There's nothing you could do. You're dead in your trespasses and sins in which you walk. But it's God who makes you alive. We know that. So we know that, that that's not what he's talking about here. And we know that, that God promises all through Scripture. He promises to keep us. He promises to, to persevere with us and, and to preserve our faith um, of his people. No true believer will ever lose her or his salvation. And we know from, from Hebrews 6, 4 that this is impossible. And praise be to God um, for that. But we also notice that, that this word, it is for us, because we are, it's plural. Um, and it's showing us that we are to keep in the love of God by keep on loving him. We together as a church, as a community of believers, are to keep on keeping loving him. With what? With all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our mind with all of the strength, with every ounce of everything that we have, we're to be um, about him. We're to love what the Lord loves. We're to hate what the Lord hates. We're to listen to his word. Here's the hard one. We're to obey his word. And we are to um, be glad to do what pleases him. That's what we're to be about. And there's no quitting when times get difficult, because difficult times will come in our life. There's no bailing out. There's no coming off of our posts and running away from it. No, we continue on. We keep on keeping. We don't stop. Even if it gets hot, even if our hearts get cold, and we're just like, I just don't feel like doing this anymore, or we find everything is easy breezy with life, we don't stop. We keep on keeping. And that's what Jude is saying to these believers, and he's saying to us, keep on keeping. But church, I have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself this as well, where do you find yourself? Where do you find yourself with this keep on keeping? Has your Christian life gone from a run to a, to a walk, to a crawl, to a stand? We're to keep on keeping. If you've ever had a cramp in your leg, you know that they are very painful. Especially when you're sleeping in your bed at night and you don't know what to do with it. Do I move my foot forward or backward? Cramps hurt. They're painful. A few weeks ago, I was able to bless to be able to go and do a triathlon, and once I got done with the, the third leg on the run, I was running, and both my legs, they just locked up. I thought I was done. It was only like a mile, like not even a half mile into it. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with this? I stopped. I tried to stretch. I couldn't even walk. It made it worse. So I, I just started to walk more and more until eventually they, they went away. I kept on moving, kept on going. I continued on. I was able to persevere and to finish. That's not a pat on my back, but that's why I love doing these things. It reminded me. Even in the midst of that, it reminded me in our Christian lives, we don't stop. We don't stop. We continue on. We keep on keeping. We keep on going. But how do we do this? How do we persevere? How do we keep on keeping? How do we keep on moving? And again, Jude, he, he helps us. He gives us two ways. The first is in verse 20. Verse 20 says, We build. We build. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy 
faith. Again, recognize this is yourselves. This is plural. Okay? This is about us doing this together. We build each other up in the faith. How do we build each other up in the faith? Through small groups, through home groups, which is about to start back in a few weeks. We meet together. We help continue to help each other. Not just with any faith, but with the most holy faith. A faith that we did not make, but it comes only from God. It came through God, through, through Jesus, and has been persevered um, through his church all along. Because here's the deal, true faith, it changes us. We become people that are, that are hungry for his word. We, we feed our faith constantly. I mean, it's central to our growth. If you're not feeding your faith, you're going to fizzle. You're going to fizzle out if you're not doing this all the time. We need to be encouraging each other in the Word, building each other up in the Word, and being connected to the faith that we all hold um, together. So the question for you and for me is, is, are we encouraging each other here at Boone Shore Baptist Church? Are we building each other up through God's Word? Is that something that, that we are about? Are you taking time daily to be in His Word? Back to the basics of it. Are you spending time um, with Him? Because here's, here's, here's the reality. Many of us, we do this. We could come to church on a Sunday. We come, we plop ourselves down in the chair. We, we listen to what's being preached. We take great notes. We have it. We feed off of it. We enjoy it. We maybe even do that on Wednesday. But what happens come Thursday? What even happens comes Tuesday? You can't live off of, of leftovers. You've got to be feeding yourself um, as well. You can't just live off of what's given to you just from the pulpit. You need to be active yourself. We need to be active in the Word daily, spending time with Him. Because imagine if you were just to live off of the leftovers that you had today after church when you go out to eat and you took that home, how long would it last you, depending on where you went? I mean, a couple slices of pizza left over is not going to last you long in the week. Come the end of the week, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be famished. The only way you're ever going to grow in your faith is spending time in His Word and being about it and doing that with Him daily, spending time with Him. In church, there's plenty of resources out there to help you do that. Pray for the youth. We are going through the series. It's called L3 Journal. Um, we are doing a journal. We're going through Scripture together. We're going through the whole New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs together, and we're journaling as we go. Pray for us as we do that. They help you keep each other um, accountable, to, to be in the Word, to, to build each other up and to learn, and to live, and to lead others um, to the Lord. So we must build. What else does he say, though? The second way we keep on keeping um, is through, through praying, through prayer, to pray. Praying in the Holy Spirit, as it says in the verse 20. Prayer keeps us dependent on God. Prayer keeps us in constant contact with God. That's what I love about it. You don't have to close your eyes to pray, you can open them. You can be in constant contact with them all the time. I find for me, when I'm driving, it's a great time. These days, technology has made it so that people don't, really, they don't think that you're singing in your car. They don't know what's going on. You could have your Bluetooth on or whatever. You could spend that time praying because it keeps us talking with them. That's all we're doing is talking with them, whether it be collectively as a church or alone. Um, we know this, that the word of God, it is dynamite. It's dynamite. And prayer is the thing that lights the fuse in our lives. It activates the power of God in our lives. That's why we often we read it and then we pray about what we just read because it activates. It's that fuse to the dynamite. And by the way, if you ever go to the airport and you're going through security and your Bible is on top of the bag and someone asks you what this is, do not tell them it is dynamite, okay? They will pull you to the side. They will detain you um, and it won't turn out good for you and you will be embarrassed. Right, Dad? He's here today. But yes, um, that happened to my father. <laughs> he can get me later. But that just 
made me think of that. But Jude goes on to, to say that when we pray, what do we do? We pray in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can be selfish in our prayers. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. And thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit that helps us here. The Spirit helps us to know what to pray for and how to pray. When we yield ourselves to Him, when we give our life and say, hey, God, here's my life, help me to pray. I love what Romans 8, 26 says. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself, He intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I love that He intercedes for us. I mean, have you ever had those moments in your life where you just don't know what to say? You don't know how to pray? You're just, you're just lost for words? And you open your mouth and nothing seems to come out, but uh, that's it? That's all you can really muster? Church, that's prayer. That's the Holy Spirit interceding for you on your behalf. That's amazing to me that he does that for us. So the question comes back to you and I, are we spending time weekly in prayer? Collectively as a church and also individually. How's your prayer life? How's my prayer life? Is it something that only happens before a meal or when you're here? Or does it happen throughout your week? Only you can answer that, but we must pray. Then lastly, what does he tell us? He says we must wait. He says we must wait. Jesus says, wait, wait. Look again at verses 21. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. What do we do? We wait with great anticipation the return of King Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. We wait for it. We're not stagnant, though, as we're waiting. We're not just sitting there waiting. Okay? We're not like the people in Acts when, when Jesus ascended and they were just standing there looking up. The angels were saying, hey, what are you doing? They said, get on. We're not to, we're not to just stand there. We're to continue on. Continue in the faith. We're to live a life that he's given us to the fullest each day, not for our glory, um, but for his. We're to follow Christ. Um, he's been so compassionate to us with his mercy and with his grace as we sang these songs today. Just remind me of that. His amazing grace, his unmerited favor towards us. We deserve nothing, but he gives us everything. It's amazing. That's why it's amazing grace. We're pumped every day that this life isn't it. Are you excited that every day that this life isn't it? When you take your final breath from here, you will step into eternity with him forever. This isn't it. You know, we're simply aliens passing through in our passport. It says heaven, the place that we will go that will glorify God for all of eternity, that we will be with him. We'll get new bodies, no more pains, no more aches. We'll be able to enjoy him forever. But I have to ask you, I have to ask myself, are you excited for that day when he returns? Are you excited for it? Are you pumped up that it's coming? Or the day that he calls you home, whenever it may be, whether it be sudden, whether it be expected, are you excited for it? Because as we wait, we the church also look around us. We have to be about that as we're waiting, looking around us as well. Because here's the reality, he kind of comes back to the reality of the situation that they found themselves in. He says, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh. What do we do? We show compassion to those that are believers but have been affected by false teaching. If there's people in, in our congregation here today that are affected by something that is false, we're to show compassion. We're to help speak truth to them. Truth, though, with, with love. Too often we give too much love. If we give too much love, then we're accepting of all things. Oh, we just love you so much. It's going to be okay. That's, that's just too much love. We give all truth, man. You're just going down. It's going to be horrible for you. You know, you're just going off on them. That's not going to help them either. You've got to have the right balance. You've got to know it. And that's what we do. We help them. We have the best combination of both. Having compassion 
towards those that have been affected by it. Also, we save others by snatching them out of the fire. These are the believers that have begun to walk in the wrong direction. They need an intervention. They need a bit more force. They need someone to come up beside them and, yes, maybe get in their face with love and truth still, but a little bit more force. I mean, I think of Sodom and Gomorrah, which we've, we've talked about. If you go back and if you were looking at Genesis 19 and 16, listen to what happened. Listen to what the angels had to do um, at the very end there. It says, but he lingered at being Lot. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to them, and he brought them out, and they set them on outside, on outside the city. It was the angels that brought him out. They had to force him out of there. Sometimes we have to do that with some people within our church that are just in error. We've got to grab them by the hand and say, man, this, is, this isn't the way to go. I care too much for you. I love you too much. And lastly, we, we, we show others, we show mercy with fear. We help those that are steeped in their false teaching, um, but we do so with caution, very cautionate with it. We ourselves do not want to, to fall into the error and must be strong in the Lord. You've heard this before, but we hate the sin, and we realize that the enemy has gone way past a foothold, even to a stronghold, and he's on to a stranglehold in this person's life. And dealing with these people is really for the matured person. You go to that person, but you're a mature believer that you can try to help them and pull them away from these false teachings that, that have entered in. So church, there, there we have our what. That's our what is our responsibility um, as a church and as individual believers. We're to remember, we're, we're to keep, we're to build, we're to, to pray, we're to wait. And then with that, Jude, he, he closes this letter with one of the best doxologies in all of the Bible. And if you don't know what a doxology is, it's okay. I took my phone and asked Siri, and she told me. And basically, um, basically it boils down, it's praise to God. It's praise to God. And what a praise to God we have here that we're going to close with um, today. And that's that last portion, 24 um, to, to 25. It says, Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. So Jude, he closes us. He closes by reminding his readers of the greatness of Jesus. It's all about Jesus, his greatness. Jesus, he keeps us from slipping. He's the one that helps us along as we go. Jesus, he makes us blameless. He's the one, he's the reason why we can go before God in the first place because of what he's done. And we're seen um, as righteous, just as if we'd never sinned. We're justified. Jesus, he brings us into the presence of the Almighty with his scarred hands to be able to approach him, but not in fear. In reverence, yes, but not in fear because we know that if we're in him, we'll be with him forever. So to him be all praise, all glory to him. So my invitation to you this morning is simple. I'm a simple guy. I just ask this. Take some time and ask God to search your heart. If the Holy Spirit was within you, it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to show you. He's going to point to directions in your life where maybe you're, you're off. Maybe you're, you're crawling instead of running. Maybe you're walking. I don't know. Ask him to, to allow you to point out the areas that, that, of error that you have in your life. Say, God, help me to see it. Perhaps it's pride. Maybe you're a prideful person. Maybe you're, you're kind of like these angels of Jude who thought they knew it all. And we see the destruction that that can happen. Pride. Maybe it's selfishness. This life is all about you and you're not thinking about others. We see that can have devastations on the church um, as well. 
So evaluate. Evaluate that in your own life. Evaluate your own life or, or walk with God. Are you keeping on keeping? Are you keeping on keeping? Are you building? Are you praying? Are you waiting with eagerness? And lastly, ask yourself this. Do you have true praise for Jesus? Do you have true praise? Is he your personal Savior? When we sing these, these beautiful songs, does, does um, I don't say emotion, but does your love for God just swell up in you because of these words that you're reading when you're reminded of his grace, his unmerited favor towards you, his mercy towards you, not giving you what you deserve? Does it move you to just like, man, Lord, I just can't believe how awesome, how incredible you are, and it just causes your lips to praise him because of that? Do you have true praise for God? If not, you may want to evaluate your heart. You may want to ask that question, hey, do I really know you? Has there ever been a time in my life where I've come to see that I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ, and no one can be made right with the Father except through Him? There's no other way. No other way. And I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to live for you. I'm going to admit this wrongdoing that I've done, knowing that, that your son, he came, he walked a perfect life. He didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to come, but he did. and chose to, 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 to die for, for me and to die for you. He took your sin nailed upon a cross for you to show that he has power over sin and power over death. He rose on the third day. Amen for that. He rose. We don't, we don't live a dead, we don't serve a dead God. We serve a living and active God. Because if it, if it ended after him just being crucified, what, what good would it have done us? As we saw that beautiful picture of baptism, we're buried with Christ, we're risen to walk in newness of life. Maybe that's you. Maybe you never walked in newness of life um, this day. My encouragement for you is to, is to spend some time talking with the Lord over all these things that we've looked at today. The invitation is for you to do just that. In a second here, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And understand this, coming forward does, doesn't, doesn't make you a believer. Coming forward sometimes is a sign of humility. If you want to come forward and pray, you can. If you want to pray right where you're at, that's okay too. It's okay. But do something with what you hear. Learn something from it. Take something away from what you hear. God speaking through his word today. Don't let it go in one ear and not the other. As you walk out of here, be about him. Keep on keeping on, contending for the gospel here, contending for the gospel out there. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you again for this time that we've had in your word, Lord, that we've been able to look at Jude, Lord, and look at something a little bit different for us. I know as we've looked at you know, just false believers coming in and, and creating havoc within the church. But Lord, it's been good for us just to take this time to, to pause, God, and just to realize that, yes, we are in a battle. Yes, and it's, it's not just outside of these four walls, but it also can be from within. Lord, help us as a church to protect the gospel for, for what it is. Lord, and to be about the gospel in everything that we do, everything that we say, Lord, and when we join together that we're building each other up, we're encouraging each other, we're praying with each other, Lord, we're holding each other up. Father, as we know from the Old Testament, God, when they held up Moses, Lord, on that hill, Lord, we're there to support each other. So, Father, help us as a church to keep on keeping, not to stop, to constantly be on guard, to be about you, Lord, until you come home or you take us home. So this morning, Lord, I pray for everyone here. Lord, I pray for myself as well, Lord, that we will be obedient to whatever it is that you are laying on our hearts this morning. In your most gracious name I pray, amen.